We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we gather. We pay our respects to the elders, past, present and emerging. We ask the ancestors of this land to be with us in spirit as we seek to learn and understand, to grow in knowledge and compassion. Thank you everybody for joining us today. I um, have the um, honour of, of introducing our uh, two speakers and um, to, to get the session started. Jackie Garment, who's going to wave now, is at Pimble Ladies College on the North Shore of Sydney. And Mandy Truig, who's also going to wave now, <laughs> just like it was practice, um, is at St Catherine's School in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. We do have a lot of people that registered from interstate and welcome. This is a New South Wales ACTC, so I apologise, but not really, about it being quite Sydney-centric today. But obviously, you all have your different um, expos that you do around Australia, and so it's all very relevant, um, although that's what we're going to be referring to today. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to be a bit of a Michael Parkinson, which is one of my favourite things to do, and get us started by... Oh, I can see Di Lawrence in the background um, <laughs> and the lovely Sue. I haven't seen you for so long. One of the best things about the Expo is we get to see each other all the time. Um, so um, we're going to get started. I'm going to ask Jackie and Mandy first to just give us a little bit of a rundown of the demographics of their school and which Expos they've been attending so far, in, you know, up until this weird year that is COVID. So Jackie, would you like to start? Yep, thanks, my family. Hi, everyone. It is nice to see some faces that I haven't seen this year. There's lots of people that we normally connect with um, whilst we're there for the families at the Expos. It's also nice to see um, lots of the other schools as well. So we are a K-12 to um, at a boarding school. So we attend both um, local, national and some international Expos as well. So the plan for this year, pre-COVID pre getting in our way, um, the plan was to attend three local, which would have been the Northern Beaches, um, North Shore and um, Hills Expo, which um, Dorothy organises. Then we were heading to Dubbo, to Narrabri and to Wagga. Um, and then we were looking at also doing um, just one uh, um, in Hong Kong. So previously we have done some more um, in, in China, but not for the last couple of years. We've concentrated on Hong Kong. Um, or just narrowed it down to the one in Hong Kong and then certainly the country expos but then also the um, the local ones as well. We are still growing. Um, we're in the process of just uh, adding on another classroom for year three. That's in the building works as we speak and so we have, you know, over the last couple of years gone from, you know, three stream in kindergarten to four stream and now we'll be five stream for year three. So there's there's still a need. So we've got families that come to us at all varying, varying times. So, um, yeah, so we're certainly out and about. Thanks, Jackie. And just to confirm, so the, the regional expos are run by Boarding Schools Expo? That's correct. And the ones in Hong Kong, is that AEAS? No, we actually do the IET. So um, Eliza, um, who we deal with, she was, I think she, anyway, there was some, when I started, she had already branched out, but I think that, Mandy would probably be able to tell you. I think she was probably with, um, and Sue probably can too. I can see heads nodding, um, but she was with AAS. So we concentrate there. So they're actually quite small expos um, and we would probably see maybe 10, 10 girls um, at, that, at that time. And normally, um, well, there's a combination of families who are obviously wanting to 
relocate, but then also from a boarding perspective as well. Okay, great. And Mandy, we feel like give us a little bit of a background on St Catherine's School and your experience with Expos. Thanks, Nathaniel. Yes, we're a girls-only school um, in Waverley, which is, um, as you mentioned, the eastern suburbs of Sydney. So we're a K to 12 girls-only boarding day school. Um, we have 1,050 enrolled at St Catherine's. Um, St Catherine's focus has been, um, in the past, uh, to attract boarders has been the local expos, but we have actually um, moved away from that in the last four years, only because there are just so many amazing schools um, in our area and in Sydney and New South Wales. Um, so we have decided to really uh, focus on international um, students. So we've been spending a lot of time, um, me personally, four years, and then um, my colleague Marilyn, um, over six years traveling through Asia. So predominantly through China, uh, Hong Kong, um, we've moved into Taiwan, and uh, we've also moved into Cambodia, Thailand, um, and we were hoping to get to Korea, but unfortunately COVID got in the way of that this year. Thank you, Mandy. We will do a bit more of a deep dive into the experience of, of these particular types of expos. And we'll go between um, Jackie and Mandy with these questions. If you have any other questions in the meantime, please do put them in the chat. I also understand that there's a lot of people here from boys' schools and co-ed schools, so we'd really love to hear from you too and your experiences as well. So back to you, Jackie. Let's just do a little bit of a deeper dive on, you know, of your a little bit more about your experience with the city expos and the and the regional expos and touch on um, you know how much it costs um, and the cost benefit okay look I find with each of the expos um, you know we've we meet families who have got newborns um, so they might still be looking for year seven so and that can happen locally as well as at the at the regional expos um, the from a cost perspective, you know, it's the travel, it's the time away from the office, the marketing materials. And I don't think you can, I, I don't have an exact price, but just the registrations, you know, to actually attend the expos, you know, we're looking about 30 grand a year. Um, and then that's, uh, you know, away from the office and pulling, pulling staff and bringing all that together. From my experience, the, the local expos, um, obviously they serve a purpose because we are K you know, K to, K to six um, and then boarding after that as well. But um, I certainly feel that when we attend the local expos, we really are quite, um, you know, there's lots of people around. Some of them are just shopping around everybody. Whereas when we're going to the, into the regional areas, when we attend the boarding schools expos, you know, we're reconnecting with families from that area and then they've got friends who have been to the school or they might be ex-students. So there's a bit of a different quite a different feel with the regional and the boarding expos as they're compared to the local expos. And Mandy, would you be able to answer a similar question, but focusing more on the overseas, um, your experience over the last couple of years with the overseas expos and also the cost benefit of, of those? Yeah, um, well, certainly once you start delving into the overseas market, um, it certainly puts a different um, pressure on a budget. Um, they don't come cheaply, the overseas markets, but the benefits um, definitely outweigh um, our costs. 
Um, so we, it, it will depend on how many expos you are attending, whether you're, you are actually attending an exhibition, which is where the families um, come and meet the schools, or whether you're just going to agent workshops. So you can pick and choose what you choose to do, what suits your school, uh, which country you are um, going to. Um, so, and obviously, you know, there are lots of other costs associated, so including the marketing. So the marketing side of it, um, we, you know, you have to have everything translated. Um, so each country has obviously their own language. So that brings um, every piece of marketing material, you're having all translated. Um, and my tip would be use a really good translation company because um, they can um, do you a little damage if they're not really translating what you, your message correctly. Um, and we've had some conversations um, amongst the schools when we're away and that's been quite interesting just getting everyone's feedback. And when we are sitting at desks meeting um, families, we generally have translators with us as well. Um, and we always get them to read our marketing paraphernalia and get their feedback to make sure that we're on track. Um, so, you know, there are certainly some issues that Jackie mentioned, you know, when you are out of the office, um, that can be a little problematic because you're working fairly long days at these ex exhibitions and expos and then also trying to stay connected um, back home and with obviously the time difference and things like that. Um, so certainly, you know, when you, when you step into this market, um, it does um, bring some financial impacts, but we've had certainly seen the, the, um, the benefits of way out, um, outweigh the, um, the costs. Yes, I think it's an interesting exercise, isn't it? Um, those, those people, that, those of us that work in enrolments and marketing is to do that cost per enrolment um, breakdown and, and ascertain where to put your human resource hours. It's not lost on me that at the expos, um, I'm at Askham School for those who don't know me and we only do boarding school expos, but it's not lost on me when I go to those that, um, hello, Vicky Scott, so nice to see your face. <laughs> Um, and often waving at Vicky across the expo stand. Um, and so, um, but it's not lost on me that very busy people are standing on these stands. You know, they are um, parts of the human resource team of, of, of quite often senior executive and quite senior roles um, who are giving up a lot of time. And I think we need to remember that always as, as um, part of the cost benefit is that human resource time. I want to dip in a little bit more now about locations and standing there, as we say, for those two days and giving up a lot of your, your very valuable time and being in an expo that's actually out of your location. So Mandy and Jackie, if we can bring you back to the city locations, particularly for this question, just give me your thoughts about that. Okay, so for us, um, the biggest one would be Chatswood. Um, we are North Shore Schools Expo we are inundated and it might be Dorothy, thank you very much for the location that we are given in the expo hall, but um, it's actually quite overwhelming. Um, Sarah, I can see you there. Sarah's normally next door to us. Um, and it's, and you see the families, you know, sort of going from one to the next and, and all their way around. So with that in mind, you know, we normally give out about 200 or meet with 200 prospective families. Um, over that Saturday and Sunday and we rely on we bring in our heads of school to help with that um, and we also bring in our um, year 11 students normally as well so that'll be something um, I'll be interested to know you know from how many people we're going to be able to have 
um, going forward with COVID um, restrictions in play, but um, it's certainly, you are quite inundated. As much as it's, we get a lot of positive response and it's certainly worth our while, it is overwhelming. It is non-stop talking all day and the conversations can be quite in depth or they can just be, they want, they want, the, they want the show bag and off they go. So, um, so North Shore is the main one. Northern Beaches we've trialled um, and it's only quite a new one, I think, as well um, for Dorsal Media. But it hasn't been fabulous for us, even though we've got the buses coming from that direction. It's not a, you know, down at Warrywood, Kimball's not sort of the area that they're looking at. Um, Hills Expo, though, we have got, um, we've had some, you know, good contacts that have come through from there. So certainly it is worth attending. I just always, chats would always to me is just so overwhelming just with the volume of people. Um, for us, you know, and like all of you, the main, the main thing for an expo is just to make that initial connection. And then I believe that once you follow them up and then you can get them on site, um, and actually to the school grounds, that's when you, you get to do your, your bulk of the work. So the expo is just that gives you the time to meet them. Um, with, you know, but as I said, it's a lot of people, a lot of people, particularly Chatswood for us. We had done Luna Park um, for a couple of years and we got a couple there um, that were of, of value, but it's again, it's sort of Milson's point, you know, a lot of them were sort of going, they were crossing over to the bridge um, or they were sort of going a little bit more locally, not necessarily down this way. So it sounds like targeting your location is probably key. And Mandy, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, well, so we're not attending any local expos anymore. As I mentioned, you know, we moved away um, to the international market. Um, I have certainly done um, some participating in expos in Sydney previously, though, um, and more so with my uh, previous school. Um, and they were really busy times at Sydney Uni. Um, so, you know, we certainly could see some value, um, but I feel, you know, I think a little like Jackie, you know, people are certainly doing their research. They're really proactive these days. So, um, you know, the expos were complementing um, our websites um, and the open mornings. Um, you know, we typically found that a lot of families were doing their um, research very early. Um, you know, they were pushing prams and not wanting a spot till year seven. Um, I mean, you know, converting an enrolment is a converting an enrolment. So, you know, we all would happily take those. Um, so I guess for us, um, I haven't participated in one for a little while. Okay, so let's just get some feedback in regards to your conversion rates. I assume that you have some, even if it's anecdotally and, and you don't have the hard data, um, but is, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Is it worth it for the conversion rates? How about we go with you, Mandy? Uh, for, for the overseas ones, do, are you saying the family or local? Whichever ones you wish to speak to, have a look at yeah. overseas and then maybe talk about boarding a little bit as well. Yeah. Definitely for the overseas, um, we have had some great success. Um, and, you know, when we're in China, for instance, participating in the AAS exhibitions and workshops, um, I can see lots of familiar faces in front of me. So, you know, there's up to 40 schools attending those events. So you can... Um, appreciate, you know, they are quite a roadshow um, and many schools participating um, can see the investment and we certainly are seeing the rewards. Um, and it's great because, you know, we've got a really diverse um, schools attending, so whether they be single sex or boarding, 
um, all different states. So everyone's in there. Um, and so we do get a lot of fantastic, um, we meet amazing students and certainly we are um, successful in recruiting these students. Um, for our boarding house, we had a, a bit of a mix of say 60, 40, so 60 internationals, 40 locals. Um, so we're filling our boarding house and have been, um, have been doing so for a number of years now. So we're very happy with that. So it's really worth the investment. We are certainly getting the return. As we dabble into some other markets, um, you know, it's, it's tricky because we're um, venturing into new markets like Cambodia. So that takes a long time. So it's not, it's not a really easy thing just to rock up and introduce your school and expect you're going to get a return. It's about building connections and relationships and your school's profile. Um, but if you hang in there and stick with it, um, you know, I think you will see the rewards. And boarding, your experience with the boarding expos over the last couple of years and your conversion? Um, for locally for us, um, we really were not seeing the rewards. Um, you know, I think it all comes down to, um, we're very spoiled for choice. We've got amazing schools in New South Wales. So whether they be regional, um, or Sydney schools um, and you know we've been in drought for a very long time so people haven't had um, the cash to spend um, and we find that they've always been extremely reliant on scholarships and St Catherine's has been very generous um, over the years but you know when you really sit down and look at where your school is placed in a market and you know there are amazing other schools you think okay what is best for us um, and we that's why we moved away from the country even though we are still attracting country girls and delighted to have them um, we yeah, have chosen to walk away for the moment yeah so you have a really strategic marketing plan at the moment um, for the last few years it sounds like to move to that international market and it takes some time and you've got to get the runs on the board and build those relationships but it's you're yeah. starting to it's starting to come to fruition yeah it is yeah, yeah it is great. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. And Jackie, do you want to comment a little bit about that in, in regards to city and um, country boarding expos? Yeah, so we're obviously a little bit different now than, than Mandy in the respect that we've actually probably, I would say, pulled back from the international um, and really are concentrating more on the regional um, and still staying local as well. They're quite different, quite different investments um, from a, um, just from time and effort and just and how long that conversion can take as well. So with the, um, our, we, our new principal um, started with us last year um, in July of um, 2019, and she was a boarder herself, and um, she has been out and about, and we, you know, sort of this year we had all sorts of plans, um, but um, even in the, in the short time last year where we were able to travel, we were able to get into the country areas and, and she certainly is able to, um, you know, relate from a parent's perspective and also as to the students from life of a border. The, uh, I think the, the regional expos, the families want to have very different conversations than they do at a local expo. Um, so sometimes we're not particularly, you know, we're not as busy. Um, you know, some of the expo venues are, like if we go to Dubbo, you all know that we, you know, we see lots of different families and some of them, have, may, have always been wanting to come to us. Um, but again, we've got lots of competition in the area. So it's, um, you know, we've got great schools around, whether they be single sex or co-ed. Um, 
So it's about just trying to sort of, you know, to work with those families. But I think every time that you get the opportunity to meet with a family, it starts that relationship. And that relationship might be from, you know, as I said, from birth or it might be they're in year five and all of a sudden they've gone, hang on a second, the local school's not going to be, local high school's not going to be what we're wanting. My daughter wants this, this and this. So, you know, it, it does provide that that space for the families to come together and it's that central point from the school, you know, from the family's perspective. So it certainly has its benefits. Um, we, you know, we see the conversion rates ticking along. Um, it's, it's been interesting this year, obviously, because it's still been ticking along. But that's, I think, because we've also been in some of the areas. So like, like Mandy was saying, with the international markets, it takes a while to build up. The same thing has happened in some of the areas. Like you've got markets that are traditionally, you know, Ravensport or Abbotsley or whoever, but then you've also got more Pimble or Ascom. <laughs> but, um, you know, you, you sort of go back to your areas and, and you've got to keep going back to build, to build those relationships. And your conversion rates on the city expos, obviously Chatswood's your... Yeah, look, we are absolutely, yeah, we are absolutely um, getting the numbers come through. And it's interesting because they come through like bizarre. They might be thinking about year seven, then all of a sudden you get a phone call after you follow up or if they've been on site and they'll change their entry point. So absolutely. I mean, I think we wouldn't be going to the expos if we weren't, you know, getting the conversions. Um, it'd be nice sometimes to have a few more. Um, but that's always, always the case. But definitely, I mean, last week there was a family who I'd met in 2018 at Chatswood and, you know, finally they've gone, oh, actually, I better do something about this and their two girls are coming our way. So just a little bit further comment. Um, I'm going to concentrate now on the boarding expos and I see there's quite a few people. Sarah, hi, um, from Barker there and Sue from KRB and Vicky from Shaw. Um, they definitely have been getting quieter because of drought and um, the circumstances out there. We are still very strong at Ascom with our country borders and enrolling country borders, and the last year certainly hasn't affected that. As Jackie said, it could very much be because we've already established those relationships. But I think the million-dollar question, and this is leading to the dreaded COVID conversation, COVID normal and post-COVID, um, and what boarding, boarding expos and international expos, et cetera, are going to look like. And Mandy, I'm going to flip to you then about how the um, international expos have worked this year. Um, but it's sort of, it, it, um, do we need them is the million dollar question. Um, have our, have our enrolments suffered particularly um, because we haven't had them this year? Is it too early to tell? There aren't any clear answers to these questions, but um, they do take a lot of time. And those, those people that you met in 2018, Jackie, you know, were they going to reach out anyway? Um, yeah. They just happened to come to the expo, but were they going to pick up the phone or send you an email anyway? Yeah. So, so many questions around that. But so leading into that COVID question and, and how things have changed. Let's start with Mandy about how things actually did change because I'm assuming, Mandy, that you actually did do some virtual expos this year. Tell us about that experience and maybe what we can learn for, for our local and regional expos as well. Yeah, so I guess for, um, preceding that, for Australia, we have enormous competition in the international market. So we have uh, the US, UK, Canada, New Zealand, Europe, 
and international schools based in within Asia that we compete against. Um, so it's serious business. Um, Australia is, um, I think it's our third biggest export market education. Um, given that Australian um, schools are quite a small part of that pie, but it is still part of the pie and something that we really are committed to building. Um, and it's interesting to note that um, actually the government schools, as you may all be aware, are also dabbling in the international market and actually have more enrolments than independent schools. Um, so, you know, people can see the value um, on a number of fronts. So we've participated in over 12 webinars. So we have, um, AEAS have been running those, um, a majority of those with families and, and um, agents. We've also been invited by agents to participate in their webinars. Um, and also um, concierge services have been running webinars as well. So my colleague Marilyn and I have been uh, fairly busy with these. Um, and they've been terrific. We've had really good attendance rates, um, but we really had to kick into action, like I'm sure all the schools here have, to put together the presentations that we could show on webinars and then share with the agents or with the families um, and have them translated. Um, we're very fortunate that we have in the boarding house um, a member of staff who is Chinese speaking. So for the Chinese market, she came and assisted us, which was fantastic. Um, and then we've had subtitles for all our other videos. So we've had a number of those um, present webinars put together and, and presented. Um, so it's, it's actually worked nicely as far as being able to get the school out in the marketplace. You know, you have a broader reach that way. Um, but unfortunately, you do have the misconnection of the face-to-face -face that we all um, crave because I think we all know that when you're actually meeting people, that's typically when you're converting. Um, you know, we can all talk and talk and talk as much as we like, but I think, you know, families value, and particularly for the overseas families, you know, they're, they're putting their girls or, you know, their, or their sons on a plane. And, you know, these children are getting on planes that, on by themselves to a foreign country, you know, it's a huge thing for them to do. So it's never lost on us. Um, so, the, you know, the webinars have gone really well. We've worked a lot with, um, with social media as well, just to complement that. Um, there are lots of challenges though with the webinars we found with the international market, you know, you'd be having a really lovely conversation with a family or an agent and then they just disappear. So the internet connection, um, it's not always terrific. Um, so that can be quite problematic and quite frustrating because you lose your momentum. Um, so that's, that's just a challenge for us. Um, and with the webinars, uh, we've also been trying to complement, but in the market in um, overseas, you know, we can't just rely on what we do here. There's not a one fit for all. So you've really got to tailor make what you're doing for all your different markets. Um, and it's also, we found really important to understand that um, they can't, the families can't necessarily access. So, you know, in China, they don't have access to your Google or your Instagrams, any of those things. So it's really quite problematic. So unless they've got a VPN and a business, they can't get onto it. So we actually at St. Cass started the WeChat page, um, which has been really fun. And it's a lovely way to engage with our current families, our agents, 
um, our futures, past families, alumni. alumni. Um, but the problem is the reach is so, so difficult. Um, and so unless you've got someone that really knows the markets, as hard as you try, you're actually not going to get a, a greater audience than what you're actually, who you're engaging with at that particular time. Um, so, you know, it, it has some challenges, but certainly for the webinars, I think they've been really great. I think they'll really complement what, um, what we've done and what we'll continue to do going forward. So, Mandy, just, just so that I'm clear on the format um, for these international ex expos, whatever they're called there, is it, is it like a, um, a set webinar where all the schools get a little piece and then, yeah. and then is there breakouts where individual families can talk to you virtually? Yeah, so we receive a, um, a schedule. So typically we're meeting about 14, 15, maybe some more. Um, Carol and, and Sue might comment. But, um, so we get allocated about 20 minutes. So it's speed dating with agents. Right. Um, so it usually starts, so if, we're, if it's an AES presentation, um, they will do a little presentation first. Um, and when we're overseas, usually Austrade come and also present, which is always good to hear what's going on um, on the ground. And then it just goes, then it starts. So you've got 20 minutes. So we will have previously sent them all our marketing material and introduced St Catherine's to them, as I think most schools do to all the agents. So hopefully they will have looked at your marketing material before the speed dating starts just so you're not having to reinvent the wheel the whole time, so you can actually make it a more engaging and valued um, conversation. Um, some agents just want to um, uh, share what they're doing and, and maybe be promoting and pushing their product, um, which is okay, but it's kind of not really what, we, what we're after. But, you know, the idea is really just to connect. And, you know, because we've been doing it for a number of years, we know those faces. So coming on this today and seeing lots of familiar face, faces is really lovely. And it's the same for us when we're meeting our overseas agents. We do, it's just so lovely to see them. And, you know, often we'll just have really um, just happy to see conversations and how's the family and all that sort of stuff. Um, so it's, it's just that they're overseas, you know, it's just that's the difference. But, yeah, it is speed dating and then we will meet um, families as well. So it just depends on who's hosting it and how it will run. So um, usually um, if it's a parent, we will actually then show them our, um, our marketing material and then talk to them and do a bit of a Q&A from there. And Mandy, do you think that, in your opinion, do you think that would transfer, say we're in COVID normal, that we're not allowed to gather and we're not allowed to stand around expo halls and where, you know, we have to only have 10 people at a time in a room or whatever, whatever that may be. Do you think that that would transfer into a um, regional or um, city experience? Um, are, you, are you thinking for locals? Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, I really, um, it's really difficult to know. I think we found this year because you know, like everyone, we haven't allowed people on site and yeah. they're really craving um, a visit. Um, so as much as we've, you know, tried to um, put together incredible marketing stuff and, and we did a, a, a Q&A um, as well, which 
um, was really intense to put together, but we have a great outcome. So we were hoping that that engagement would really um, continue that connection. Um, and we've made offers, people have accepted having sight unseen, um, but nothing takes away from actually wanting to visit the school. So, you know, they, you know, they want to have, they've got lots of questions, they want to meet the staff and, you know, that may well happen at the expert, but they still want to come to the school. Yeah. I think they're frustrated because they can't. Yeah, we're having a similar, um, my question was more about, and I think what I'll do is I'll ask Dorothy this at the end, is if there's any pressure to move um, the city and the, and the regional expos to a virtual um, experience. Yeah, I think, you know, it has benefit, I think, Myth. Um, yeah, rather than not having it at all is kind of where I'm yeah. going. If, if this is COVID normal and we can't have them at all, yeah. Uh, yeah. we probably need to decide what kind of pressure we want to put into our providers. As yeah. And yeah. I think, yes, I think, Nathaniel, um, I think what might replace um, the webinars will potentially replace just the general um, searching of our websites. Yeah. Um, and now, I think now we've done the virtuals, there'll be an expectation also um, that people, particularly for regional areas, um, you know, they'll want, now they've had a taste, they might want more. Yeah. So, Jack, thank you, Mandy. So many good nuggets there. That was awesome. Um, Jackie, I want to talk a little bit more about the virtual experience that you have at Pimble had to um, reproduce uh, or produce for the first time, quite possibly. So, virtual tours. Um, and are they replacing um, um, your tools successfully? But in, in regards to expos particularly, is it, um, have you noticed not being able to do expos this year? I mean, how has COVID affected that? Have you noticed anything in your um, enrolment process that has been lacking in your conversions this year? That, that sort of topic, if you'd like to comment, please. Okay, I think um, from an enrolment perspective, the numbers have still been coming through. People have, I don't know whether they've had more time to actually watch, you know, virtual videos and, um, you know, sort of, you know, explore websites for a whole range of schools. So, like everyone, we've jumped on board with the virtual, the 360, we've had Q&A sessions, um, but I still think it's not until you actually get them on site, um, really, for, for the bulk. With the boarding schools expo, what they did, they still had their you know website up and running, and there's a referral system on that. So we've had quite a few referrals um, that have come through from that, with regards to instead of attending the event in Wagga or the expo in Wagga, they've you know um, passed on the details and they've asked them to contact us. So that's been good, and then we've reached out to them. We actually have, um, in the last little while, been welcoming families who are looking at 2021 and 2022 enrolments on site. So I've been taking, I've done a lot of walking because they have been individual tours. And um, so we've made sure because, you know, lots of our, our students, like your students, have been interviewed online and have never, put, you know, you know, touch touch the campus. So we've been able to contact them and, and, and they've, we've had them on site and that's, you know, obviously smoothed it out. So that's been, as I said, a lot of walking and a lot of talking, but definitely I think whilst the expos, you know, they're great to set up that relationship and it, it's, you, you need them, you need them, you need them here. You need them to actually come and have a look, particularly for the regional. Not so much for the, not so much for the local, but definitely for the regional. 
So the boarding school um, referral has worked well. Um, any referral of that, we've then, you know, touched base. We've sent them, you know, endless amounts of um, video footage and tours and did some more filming actually last week. So that'll go up soon. So there's been lots of touch points and our advertising, it's still been going probably a little bit. Um, it's been increased, obviously, um, because it's, but it's, Certainly, from an enrolments perspective, the numbers are still coming through, and the applications are still coming through, and even some of them are still they're still for next year. Mm. Yeah, it's been a really weird year enrolments. Yeah, work, there's been no trends at all. Nope. Um, there's one more topic around exposure that I'd like to cover before um, we answer. There's one question there, but if anyone else wants to put up their hand and comment at the end of this about your experience um, before we um, move on to Dorothy. Um, and that's around alumni and engaging with alumni. Quite often an added benefit that isn't actually um, the value add of going out to expos is the um, alumni engagement. Mandy, would you like to talk to that? Sure. Um, so, yes, we work um, with our, obviously our alumni um, as much as possible. So lots of women's networking, um, lots of events ha happening, engagement. Um, with them. We actually connect with our alumni overseas. Um, so we will, when we're travelling, we will host events for um, future families present and also for the alumni. So one year we hosted um, a dinner in Thailand and we had over 20 alumni attend and it was just the most phenomenal evening um, just to hear them all uh, connecting with one another and the value um, and their experiences. So many of them came to St Catharines a few years ago. So they're quite all sort of young mums um, and they came to St Catharines with very little English, if any at all. Um, so incredible. I mean, things have changed now. But anyway, how they cope. So they, talk, they shared their stories and they were just so interesting. Um, and, you know, they've all, all gone home and they're women that are working, um, professional women, having babies, whatever they're doing, but they've actually, as alumni, remained connected with one another and support one another, um, not only, say, in Thailand, but they're also connected back with us as well. Um, so I think, you know, we never underestimate the value of alumni. I think you really need to embrace and nurture alumni. Um, they're great advocates in most instances for our schools. Um, yeah, so I think you know, there's a lot to be said for working with your alumni. And Jackie, what's your experience being um, engaging with alumni in and around Expo Time? Uh, it's absolutely essential. I think it's, um, they go hand in hand. So every time we're outside of Sydney, we will invite, we've got currents, we've got perspectives, um, you know, we've got you know, uh, lots of our alumni as well. And it's the alumni that it's, it's the talk of, you know, the talk of the town, um, which is lovely. So we rely on, obviously, um, the RX students to go and sort of be our ambassadors. And um, we touch, touch in with them all the time. So we'll host events and then they're quite casual. Um, and we invite, it's not just the women, we say if there's, you know, obviously if there's dads or if there's brothers, we get them all to come as well and make it really quite a family event. Um, some of the areas we go to, those events are quite small um, and others it seems to be quite big. It's, um, and I think too it depends on the timing as well. But normally because we've got a lot of notice of when, when the boarding schools expos are, we can set those feelers out. 
we also use other avenues to, you know, other other country events, so whether it be the Mudgee Small Farm Field Days or the um, National Field Days in Orange, um, areas like that as well. Again, just to just to keep keep connecting with them because I think the more we can, um, the better the better obviously for them, you know, for going forward and the overall college as well. And I know some of the boys' schools actually do quite large alumni events at different centres um, when, when we've been around. And, um, and we also find it a really great opportunity to get the new, so that those girls coming in with their parents the following year. So if we were, say, in Wagga in 2020, we'd hold an event for the 2021 enrolments. Do you do that too, Jackie? Yeah, we don't do them individually, as in we won't just, um, you know, create just one one year of entry group. It might be girls coming in. Nice. You know, yeah. So although in saying that, we did last year look at girls in, we were in Narromine and, um, and it was an opportunity. We got the current families in the area, but then the girls who were starting in 2020. So um, we wouldn't, I mean, probably some of the areas that wouldn't be big enough for us to hold the event, they'd be quite small because, you know, if it was year seven, we sort of look at taking in about 12 girls in year seven. So, and they're normally from all over. Yeah. 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 It's definitely a really nice value add. I can see Sue um, nodding her head there. <laughs> um, we do have one question in the Q&A, so I thought we'll do that next. And then if anybody, this is a SIG, so if anybody would like to just say something or add something um, of their experience or anything like that before we um, hand over to, Dor to Dorothy for the last five minutes, um, please do let us know, you know, wave at me or whatever now. The question um, from Carolyn Roney is that, um, oh no, that's not a question. Oh yes, what methods do you use to capture the information from all people that you speak to? So when you're standing on the stand or you're in your webinar, how do you capture the information? Mandy? Um, so when we're overseas, um, Carolyn will know the answer to this. <laughs> um, we do everything through QRs, um, which are fantastic. So we take an iPad with us, everyone's pre-registered. And then uh, during the interview, unfortunately, because um, I'm travelling with Marilyn, um, I might talk and, and she will record or vice versa. Um, so we've already got all the information by the QR, which is really helpful um, for follow-up. Um, when we did the uh, regional expos, we just write notes and um, yeah, it was a more manual process. But it's, you know, it's essential you get their information. Yeah, and I think you've touched on another thing there, Mandy, that I think is really interesting and is how many people you need on the stand. Mm -hmm. so not, it's quite often there's a couple of you to be able to support each other in and giving each other either a break or I know in the regionals we just help each other out and I stand. So mm -hmm. someone needs to go to the bathroom and have something to eat, then, you know, I quite often sit on the French room stand for a while and that's not a problem But because um, we know each other and we trust each other. But um, there is there is something to be said for having to work in tandem and then that's even more human resource. Um, Jackie, how about you? How do you um, capture all the details? We do it the old-fashioned way. We write the details down. We have tried um, varying, you know, using iPads and capturing the data, but quite often it's not fabulous, you know, Wi-Fi. Um, some of the places, as you know, don't have Wi-Fi and even the hotspotting is not, is not great. So when we're at, you know, when you're at the boarding schools expo, that's okay. You might be talking to a family for, a, you know, a good half an hour and you can record as much and make all your little notes. But 
when you're at the local expos and you you know to your point we've got probably four people on the stand and we'll have people waiting to talk to us um you just capture it and you're relying on their handwriting being legible and then having to upload or you know enter all that information once you're back in the office as well so it would be great we tr we've tried a few different things but just we just haven't quite nailed it yet um Maybe with like everything else with this year, maybe it is a QR system that we need to, I don't, I don't know how we'll do it, but um, we'll certainly look at that. But the old pen and paper works well. And perhaps that's something that our um, expo providers can look at as a value add to us. Um, something on our, our um, iPads that are, is easy. I've, I've tried both. Um, the iPad and, and the written and I find that you're so engaged and the iPad takes longer. Um, I know Newington has a really good system on their iPad we should all have a look at. Um, but yeah, we, we just went back to, um, to, to writing it down. But this is again, we only do boarding expo, so you do have a lot of time to capture that information. Um, if anyone else has another way that they capture information, if you'd like to put it in the chat or if you could be really brave and talk to us live. <laughs> Is there a privacy issue around recording families? Is that, whose question was that? Me. Oh, Mandy. As in writing down their data? Recording, recording the, the conversation. Could you do oh, that? I think you'd have to ask their permission beforehand, you know, and then if they say, yeah, and you tell them, disclose why, why you're recording it. Um, and that, it, and that it's not going to be. And maybe they have to sign a yeah sign a waiver. Yeah. Anyone, Carolyn? Oh, we have. Thank you. Hi. Well done, girls. You're doing a great job. Um, we have a registration form that we use at um, things like Agfest and, and um, show regional shows because um, it's a little bit different, obviously, down here in Tassie. But um, and on that whilst we usually ask parents to complete stuff while we're talking, so one parent will start completing it, we actually write on it a disclaimer saying um, that this information will be... Um, do they do they um, uh, agree to having further follow-up or something like that, some such thing? And if they tick it or if they've signed it, then we say, yeah, that's fine, or otherwise they can cross it. So it's pretty easy, Mandy, I think, for, for privacy. Um, but I, I noticed that Beck booked something else. It would be great to have QRs everywhere because it's such an easy system. Yeah. The only other thing I just wanted to say um, was there was talk about the cost and, you know, the human resource and all of that, um, you know, we're giving up invaluable, our valuable time. But I honestly believe that it's the parents' valuable time that they're giving to us. So I can't think that there is any reason why we would you know not do these sort of things and and mandy as we've said before and you know sue and everyone else that goes overseas if you're not in there if you're not visible to these parents they're not going to think about you you know you if you're not giving them the time i remember i used to work at um prince alfred college in adelaide and there were times when we were you know people would say to me why are you going to you know the field days you know we're in drought there's no money and i said if we're not supporting them in there local district when times are tough how can we possibly expect them to support us when things get better again mm -hmm. and it paid off all the time because our boarding house was always full our alumni were great advocates we would see a trail of students from you know grade you know little five-year-olds 
enrolling, finally arriving at school in grade seven or what is a border, and you can see their whole history. So I don't think, I mean, yes, I know that you've got to look at your costs and, and internationally they're very expensive, but if your return on investment is one international, two international mm. students long-term from grades eight through to 12 as a border mm. and a long-term commitment to your school, there's no argument really. You know, that's, that's hundreds of thousands of dollars. And the other thing I was just going to say too is, you know, when you have those events in countries, in um, district, we used to, when we had them at Prince's, we'd just ask whoever was going to host the events, you know, because parents would do that, ask them to bring friends. Just say, you know, have you got anyone in the area that would not, not even be on our radar, so therefore they wouldn't have been invited by us, but invited by their friends. It's just such a huge and um, positive experience when it's word of mouth. Anyway, that's my little bit. That's fantastic, Carolyn. It's really good little nuggets there. Carolyn, for those who don't know you, what school and where are you located? Sorry. Um, I'm now <laughs> at Launceston Grammar <laughs> in Tassie uh, and loving it. Um, my husband's old school, but I'd previously been at Wesley College in Melbourne and... Prince Alfred College in Adelaide and um, for a short time St Margaret's and Berwick Grammar. Fantastic. You have all the state's experience behind you. We need to do a big job. <laughs> that was South Wales. Was that Mandy? Yes. You stay away from New South Wales, please. Sue, did you want to add something? Yeah. Um, as Dorothy will know, I was one of her guinea pigs when she tried, when she was setting up her boarding schools expos. So I've done local, I've done regional, I've done overseas. I totally agree with Carolyn. Um, I think meeting people and getting that trust of parents, whether it's in Chatsford or whether it's in Wagga Wagga or whether it's in you know, Beijing or, or Bangkok, there is nothing that beats that personal um, connection um, and I, do, I also have said many years that you, you don't even have to decorate your stand because it's all about the connection as far as the, the people are concerned and I think um, the, the Hong Kong AAS expert, um, what was it called, virtual fair, online fair, didn't work as well as China um, my understanding, and Mandy, tell me if I've misunderstood here, because the Hong Kongers were really wanting and missing that face-to-face. -face. So it's actually going to be different next year, um, whereas the China ones um, will go ahead as they were because that worked. So I am, I am just, nothing to me will ever replace a face-to-face. Thank you, Sue, and so many years of experience. We really appreciate your thoughts. Um, <laughs> um, no, but it's truly. Um, but what was the difference between the Hong Kong and the China? Was the China you were able to speak to people directly online? No, no that was that was the same, set oh. up in the same way. Right. As far as you, it was the speed dating sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, it's just that. It just culturally just was and the advertising and the social media was amazing absolutely amazing but it just wasn't as taken up or accepted nearly as readily as China also different numbers of course yeah yeah sure okay did any has anyone else got a burning something on their chest that they just have to tell us or 
include, I'm just looking You're at like Karen. Fantastic. Oh, hello, Karen. <laughs> um, okay, so um, thank you very much to Jackie and Mandy and um, also to Sue and Carolyn for sharing. Um, I think it's been really great, robust discussion and, and very timely. Um, I want to now um, go over to Dorothy, who she can explain a little bit about her business for those that aren't um, in Sydney. But I think Dorothy, and I'm not going to assume this on behalf of everybody, but I think what schools are really wanting to know is the logistics. You know, what's it going to look like? What's being put in place to make sure it's COVID safe? Um, should we be able to go ahead? Um, you know, what restrictions are you keeping in mind? what sort of plans you have and, and those sorts of things. But please, anybody, throw anything into the chat room um, as Dorothy's talking and I will ask those questions as well on your behalf. Thank you, Dorothy. Oh, oh thank you, my family. And um, Sue Lancaster, you are the master. Um, we did, it was with Sue that we developed the first um, independent schools expos. Um, um, she was just incredible. Um, thank you, everybody, for allowing me to um, participate um, in this discussion uh, and the future of Expos and what future Expos look like. Forgive my voice. Um, spring has hit me very hard this year, guys, and if I break into a massive coughing fit, um, my apologies. Um, at Dorsal Media, um, while we are foremost a communication and marketing company, um, we live and breathe Expos and have done so for many years. We also understand that um, in a COVID, in, uh, with COVID restrictions in, in areas where distance and geography are concerned, um, virtual expos um, have a place. Um, we, this year, while the COVID restrictions are on, we've been researching virtual expos solutions ourselves um, with a view to taking it to market next year in 2021. So, but we think... Um, um, the virtual and the face-to-face um, -face are two very different products. Um, we had our very first expo at Macquarie Uni um, back in 1996 um, with, the support of, with the support of many schools and very brave registrars and um, marketers, uh, many of who are still with us today. Um, we were so thrilled, weren't we, Sue, when those first parents arrived with prams, so many prams, Jesus. The parents were just so happy to have the opportunity to meet with all these great schools and the schools were happy to be there. Um, I think the greatest thing um, was, I think a couple of years later, a country boarding school um, with a passion for horses uh, rang uh, me very excited because they'd actually had a, um, an enrolment um, from that first expo in Ride. It was just bizarre, we loved it. And then of course we moved to Sydney Uni um, where we were for um, 19 years and um, we love being there. Um, parents cannot walk through that wonderful quad quadrangle and look at the Gothic buildings and not think subliminally that this is where they want their kids to be um, and we loved it. But unfortunately, McLaurin Hall, um, as a heritage protected place, um, didn't have air conditioning and we lost a lot of principals in the um, March heat, so we moved. Um, we've been to lots of, um, we've had um, different expos in different areas um, all around Sydney um, and um, we have learned a lot of lessons that are still learning as we go. Um, venues, um, finding the right venue is um, 
a very difficult thing, having one that suits the exhibitors and the families coming through with access, you know, for, for their prams. And um, um, it's why we found, when we found the concourse um, at Chatswood, um, we thought we'd actually found the perfect venue. Um, it just ticked all the boxes. The fact that it was also part of the council library building, um, it was very easy. It was a central North Shore location. It has a train line to everywhere. Um, ease of parking for schools and parents, easy bumping. Um, they were it just ticked all our boxes. Um, we've been looking for a good venue in the inner west along the inner west line for years and um, we still haven't found one that really suits us. Um, we market extensively for the expos using many different mediums and platforms, tier to tier, print shopping centres, road signage, bus training, advertising, preschools, you name it, we've used it. Um, this year for, uh, um, this, next year for the um, North Shore Schools Guide, we'll be delivering, um, we're going to do an independent schools guide going out to 120,000 homes um that we will be advertising into advertise that plus our normal marketing stuff that we would do um, and as you marketing people know distribution is everything we believe there's no substitute for face-to-face -face marketing as um, sue said and also carolyn um, it's a great way to start a relationship to build stronger um, more meaningful relationships and develop trust without distraction face-to-face um, -face contact um, gives both our exhibitors and the, and the visitors the ability to read body language and facial expressions and react accordingly, allow, allowing for focused um, personal communication. Hi, um, Dorothy. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. I'm just aware of the time. We've got oh, about sorry, one, guys. All right. All right. No, we've just got about one minute left and I know people oh, are rushing okay. off. I just wanted to, uh, if you could just very sure. briefly cover what the guidelines will be in 2021, that would be fantastic. Absolutely, we'll do. Thanks, Dorothy. No, not at all. Um, so, what, so what I was going to let you guys know, we just ran last week, um, and if you've been watching the news, last week we ran a very small event in Adelaide for clients from a different sector. We were keen to see what the public's response would be to our marketing event at this time and to monitor how everything worked while adhering with the SA um, health regulations and keeping everybody safe. Um, what we what we did, it all worked well. We got the visitors um, to pre-register. They were happy to do this, which meant that there was no waiting time for them at reception and allowed us to allocate times for traffic flow. Um, we still did get dropping visitors, um, you know, people who hadn't registered, but because of the time management with the larger percentage of pre-registrations, we were able to accommodate them easily as well. They just had to register before they actually were allowed in. Um, and it was all very orderly. Visitors and clients were happy, all able to have meaningful conversations while adhering with SA COVID safe plans, social distancing stickers, hand sanitizers were all in place and um, we were able to put the general public's mind at ease. Um, so with that in mind, and the thing for starters, know that we will always comply with New South Wales, the latest New South Wales health regulations and keeping everybody safe and our visitors. And um, having said that, though, we expect and it will be a very different scenario in both March and August. Um, in New South Wales at this moment, there is a four square metre rule in place 
um, which is there to calculate the maximum number of people allowed in a room. Forgive me if you guys know this. The actual measurement required for social distancing, as you all know, is 1.5 metres between people. Under this rule, and this is at this time, and even today, the Premier was saying they're looking to get more people inside. So this is going to change, you know, any time. The actual measurement required, so under this rule, the concourse can accommodate 125 people at any point in time. Um, and um, as I said, bear in mind that things will be very different in March. I'm sure they will be. If New South Wales goes to a two square metre rule, which is what we had in Tasmania, uh, had in Adelaide, um, which we believe will happen, it means the concourse can accommodate 250 people at any one time. And this is not allowing for vaccination rollouts and government changes. Firstly, as it is now, so at this time, um, at, at the four metre, four square metre rule, families and exhibitors will have the opportunity to pre-register before the event. This will help us manage traffic flow and numbers. It also gives us the opportunity to chat with families beforehand, which is always good. Unregistered visitors um, will have to register before coming through the expos per the New South Wales health, health regulations. Um, we'll have hand sanitizers set up at reception and on the stands and social distancing stickers will be in place on the floor in front of the booths and for waiting families. And there's wellness signage, as you guys know, um, will be around the venue and, and in reception. Um, at this point in time for the um, um, for the four metre, the four square metres thing. At this point in time, we'll be advocating only two people on the stand at any one time to maintain social distancing and suggest we suggest the use of tables, high or low, um, to separate school staff from visitors. Booths will have uh, floor stickers on the floor in front to show families where to stand to talk with staff. Um, family and going back to you guys talking about inputting information, family contact and details will have to be input by school re representation, school representatives, um, no sharing of pens, etc. Um, easing with, even with the easing up of restrictions in New South Wales, we'll probably um, still have many of these procedures in place to maintain um, safe and healthy practices. Um, and as I said, it was only this morning that the New South a Wales Premier was talking about allowing more people in, in indoor spaces. Um, so, and, I, and it seems like the search for vaccines only a few months away. So I think that 2021 will be a very different um, year to um, how 2022 has played out. Um, so while we are prepared for the worst case scenario that is running an expo as it stands today, um, it seems unlikely that will be the case. I mean, look what happened, guys, in Queensland with the State of Origin final, 50,000 people um, in a stadium. So, um, and our um, booth providers, Exhibit Systems, have told us that they're doing a big expo in Sydney in December with 3,000 people already registered. So I think the public perception, I think people are already starting to relax and I think that's what the government's looking to do, as long as we don't have an outbreak, of course, like we did in, the, in Adelaide, just as we conducted our expo there. Um, but um, we, um, look, I, I hope that, um, know that we, we will not do anything that puts um, any of your, yourselves or your staff and our visiting families at risk. Um, we'll always comply whatever the, um, whatever the New South Wales Health Department wants us to do, but we think, well, we know from our experience in Adelaide um, that we can still um, give you meaningful, um, relate, meaningful um, relationships and um, contacts 
um, while um, um, running an expo in these times. Dorothy, thank you so much for that. Um, if possible, it would be great if we could get some of those guidelines yes. or any information. I've got lots of stats. Yeah, that's fine, Sheila. I've got lots yes. of stats from the number of people that came through um, the Chatswood Expo and number of boys, girls. I think the guys that attended pretty much had that. And I also have a, uh, just a little grab of parents that came through and what they thought about the expo and what they said about the opportunity of meeting with schools and what it meant to them. So if I can send that to you and they please, can have a look. Yes, absolutely. Please do. Um, and we'll put that in, link in the email. Um, I'm just aware we've gone a little bit over time and I know oh, all of you people are extremely busy. Um, yeah. So it, uh, I would like to just say a massive thank you to everybody who came along today and a big thank you to Mandy, Jackie and the family, of course. Um, and everyone take care and see you online again soon. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Kester. I see you. <laughs> <laughs>